Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How is the homeschooling movement on a rescue mission for the church? Is there a roadmap for getting children out of public schools? Why would someone consider doing that? What is at stake? Is homeschooling for everyone? This is the story of Mr. Homer Allen. He's given his life to Christian education. He stands tall and strong for traditional Judeo-Christian values. We pause here to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program is to share, dear friend, how the love of Jesus makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Christ so strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried, yes, rose again on the third day, offering God's hope. Mr. Homer Allen is the co-founder of Homeschool New England. He's been involved in Christian education for more than 37 years. He served as head of school at three different Christian academies in New England, as well as in leadership roles with several Christian ministries and nonprofits. He's a Christian school consultant. He sits on the board of two homeschools. He also is an adjunct professor in the School of Education at Regent University. He's also the founding president of the Massachusetts Family Institute, MFI. He's married to Pat. They have two daughters. Homer, welcome to our show. Thank you. It's good to be here, Danny. Appreciate the opportunity. Glad you're with us. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. It's a little town north of Pittsburgh. It was uh, an industrial town known for steel during World War II. And then that was kind of the end of Newcastle. <laughs> you can actually buy a house in my hometown for almost what you could have bought it for back in 1969. My, my uh, <laughs> homes in Newcastle are or, or it's a it's a nice little community where uh, life is it's sort of a, a Mayberry. You know, let's go back to Mayberry where everything is slowing down and calm and and it's, the population is still shrinking. It was 50,000 back in the 40s and it's probably down to about 20,000 now. So <laughs> what was it like growing up there in Newcastle? Well, it, it was interestingly enough um I, I, a cross-section of America then was sort of the antithesis of Newcastle in the sense that I literally – my father was a medical doctor. We had a big house with a swimming pool in our backyard. But we were next – literally right next to people uh, that were renting homes uh, two houses away. There was a apartment complex where one of my teachers uh, lived at the public school that I went to. You walked to school in the morning. You came home in, from elementary school. You walked home for lunch. Yes, for lunch. And then you walked back <laughs> to elementary school. Um, you, you know, crime was 
for the most part non-existent and uh, you uh, but, but my my uh, uh, father being a, a doctor I would walk in I was horrible in science and horrible in most things education wise at that age and they come in oh you're Dr. Allen's son I say no not this again I I don't have uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the A student you think I am <laughs> Who would you say influenced you most in your growing up years? Well, there's there's a spiritual element to that, and there's a realistic element to that. Um, when we moved to uh, back to New England, uh, uh, one of the things on their application to get into Gordon Conwell Seminary uh, was that very question: Who influenced you? So I. Asked the Lord before, I had to write out my answer. I asked the Lord, Lord, who impacted me the most? Because that's the question that Gordon Conwell wanted me to write about. And instantly there was a Newcastle pastor uh, named Dr. John Galbraith. And he was a uh, really smart man that had a great sermon. I, I remember everybody loving his sermons, but not as a kid. I, that's not what you remember. He carried a spiritual tone about himself that when he talked to you, he when I was little, he'd bend down and he'd really talk to you. He seemed genuinely interested, and you picked up some uh, something that you couldn't describe as it uh, up until I came to know the Lord years later. But it was clearly the Holy Spirit. He carried with him a presence of a living Lord. And it was a caring for kids. I'm sure he cared for adults as well. But I sensed – so the Lord reminded me as I'm writing out this on my application. Gosh, he really impacted my spirit from a biblical and a godly way, uh, even though I I didn't know it at the time. And I didn't know it till I was 37 years old when I came to know the Lord, that that was the man that impacted me. 37 years old. Yep. You came to know the Lord – where were you? What happened during that time? Well, <laughs> I, I was in I was in outside of Washington D.C. in Virginia, in the suburbs of Fairfax County, and I was teaching in a Christian school. And I'd gone to the University of Virginia to get a master's degree, and uh, I, I, I was sort of becoming concerned. There I was. I was thirty-seven, and I didn't. Have a, I wasn't going out with anybody much, and uh, I certainly wasn't in love with anybody. And I'm beginning to say, well, you know, hey, isn't this about time I met someone and fall in love with? And I had a friend of mine uh, that was married that I met at the University of Virginia who was a pretty tricky lady because she knew the Lord. She wasn't really very much, and she'd been trying to lead me to the Lord, and she said, well, you know, Homer, there's this church, Church of the Apostles in, in Fairfax, headed up by, and they have all these really attractive girls that go go to church there. Ah, oh, you 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 really need to check out that church. Now, I'm not talking going to the church. Of course, I know that's not what you do, but there are some nice looking girls in that church. So go, you ought to go there. So I said, huh, yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. <laughs> I ended up one Sunday morning. I got. And went off to church, got there on time, and went in, and it was a very charismatic church. 
very spirit-filled. You know, I'd never been in the church that had instruments. They had, you know, they had the normal things now, but they weren't normal back in the early 80s. There were guitars and drum set. My gosh, there's a drum set in church. And there were all these. Uh, uh, and then the Holy Spirit, before the pastor even said anything, fell on me because I'd grown up going to church. I'd spent a lot of time going to church, but I never knew the Lord and the Holy Spirit. So I started to cry because I realized my life was a wreck. And I uh, ended up going to that church for years and years and crying about for the first two months <laughs> every time I got near the church. And that was the beginning of my walk with the Lord. Touched you deeply, clearly as you speak, that that continuous, those continuous moments as you, you wept and wept. What were some key remembrances that you have during the latter 30s, early 40s, in your Christian spiritual formation? Well, I, 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 I wasn't blind to uh, the knowledge of, of the Bible. I wasn't blind to how I'd screwed up a lot in life. And uh, so what I began to realize is I needed to get to know more about the Lord. Not only did I, you know, buy a Bible, and there's a great story that uh, the pastor had told us, uh, Pastor Rennie Scott told at that time. He said from the podium, he said, if you have one of those really nice Bibles, nice leather and fancy pages, and you just, you just, it's just, you paid a lot of money for that, you know, maybe $100 or more. He said, and you don't want to write it because, you know, it's it's a really fancy Bible. He said, I want you to take that Bible and throw it away because <laughs> that Bible, God is a living God. He wants you to get his insight and his wisdom. And so right in the, right in the top, in the bottom, right on the side, uh, get a Bible that's your Bible. Make it yours, the lessons that the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. So... I did that. <laughs> I went and I bought a, a, a Bible that I felt big, wide margins and all that. And uh, that was the beginning. And I realized my life was uh, needed shepherding. So there were three guys uh, who were part of a men's prayer group in, in Bible study that were all single looking for a roommate. And they invited me to be uh, their roommate. And I moved into this house with normal guys that had uh, – very much committed to the Lord. They would, they they had a Bible study that they took me to, was all singles. And about the fifth week I was there, I said, huh, there's a really good-looking girl in this Bible study. I'm going to ask her out. So I did. And she took me aside and said, well, Homer, you know, it's not that I, I don't like you. I don't mean that. But um, why, don't, why don't we just get to know one another here at this Bible study? Uh, you know, for a little while. And I realized right then that she knew I was a wreck. I, you don't want to get near this guy till he really understands what it's like to be a Christian. So she was like saying, nope, not you, buddy. <laughs> I know. So I decided at that point I'm going to take a year off from dating anybody. I'm literally going to go on a fast of dating, thinking about I'm just going to spend time Obviously, doing 
my work as a public school teacher, as a history teacher, but also being real careful uh, about my thought life. And it, just, it was a huge turnaround for me. A critical moment, I would say, on spiritual formation. As you made that decision, Homer, Pat did eventually become your wife, didn't she? Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> you can find out more about Homeschool New England, Homer Allen. Find more at homeschoolnewengland.org. Homer is the co-founder of Homeschool New England. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with him. Homer and Patty, Homer and Pat, they've been married for over 35 years. They are parents of two daughters, both homeschooled at times, and now they're using their gifts and talents to serve the Lord. I would say, though, Homer, instead of throwing the Bible away because it's golden gilded, I would have said, give it away to somebody and then get the one with the large margins. <laughs> HomeschoolNewEngland.org. Stay with us. We'll be back with Homer Allen. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr. James Dobson said, we are in a civil war of values and to the victor go the spoils, which are our children and grandchildren. You're listening to The Good Life program Danny Yamashiro here with my guest today, Homer Allen. Homer is the co-founder of Homeschool New England. He has a background with Christian Broadcasting Network, his degree, a master's degree in public policy there at Regent University. He's been a teacher for many years. He has a heart for the homeschool movement. He is a thrust or a motivator and a, a catalyst in this movement. Homer, as we talk about your upbringing, your years growing up, and then up to when you met Pat and marriage, a turn in your life. You've been involved with Massachusetts Family Institute. You teach at Regent University. In what ways are homeschooling a rescue mission for the church? Yeah, that's, that's a really critical question. Um, I have headed uh, several Christian schools, 
And they're wonderful schools. They're great places to raise your children. But most families, like the one I work with uh, as a consultant, Veritas Christian Academy in Wayland, Massachusetts, is an outstanding school, very Christ-centered, very academic. But it's a K-8 school, but it also uh, costs money. And uh, their tuition is well over $10,000 per child. And so you have currently, according to a Barnes study, um, more than 40% of all parents, not just Christian parents, 40% of all parents are thinking about ways to get their children out of public school. 40%. We're talking millions and millions of parents. So there's a huge potential there. But those same parents, they, they don't have the kind of money that it would take to go to Veritas, which – and if they have two children or three children – and even if they get a good scholarship, let's say 50%, they're still talking about spending literally ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 after the scholarship. So what do those parents do? Well, uh, I was invited to a seminar down in uh, South Carolina at Morningstar uh, Church Mission down there. And I was praying with a man who is the head of a Christian school in California. And we were praying after the conference had just ended the night before. It was a three-day conference, and now it was the next day. We met in the morning, had coffee, and said, let's just pray into what God has in mind for us. What are we taking away from this conference? And in the midst of that prayer, literally the Holy Spirit fell. And we both sensed a huge amount of peace and a holy God presence and he said, it's a rescue mission, Homer. I said, what? He said, getting the kids out of the public school. This is serious. He said, we need, we're on holy ground. What we sense is the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need to take our shoes off and have communion. Well, this was in a coffee bar sort of place, just coffee. So we looked around. There's certainly no elements for that. So we bought some things with bread, and we bought some uh, a grape juice drink. And we have communion, and we prayed into that. And we sensed the Lord say, this is an assignment. This is not a good idea. This is an assignment. These children are being challenged to confront me. Are you really a boy? Did, did God really create you as a boy? It's kind of like back to the garden. Uh, you know, is that really what God said? And, and those kind of questions, do you realize because you're white, you're a racist? What's the matter with you? And those kind of things are an attack against the sovereign God who created you to be innocent and to love him. And they're being literally brainwashed to do exactly the opposite. And so the question to parents is, what are you going to do? Well, I looked around. My background is in Christian ed. But not homeschool, completely different uh, thing. And in that capacity, uh, I, uh, in, being from New England, I uh, went to Mass Family, and they said, we only really deal with one man, Dr. Adam Rondeau. And he's here in Massachusetts. He, he has run homeschool, still runs homeschools. He consults all over the country. You need to connect with him. So I did. And the two of us formed Homeschool New England. But the key to this 
the key to this is getting parents to a point. Now, this is a whole new type of parent. This is not your normal homeschooler. The normal homeschooler may have been raised as a homeschool child. So when they get married and have a child, they begin starting, let's say, in, when the child is even six months old, they say, let's see, what, what, what curriculum are we going to use and how are we going to homeschool our child? That's, that's the way a lot of people think homeschoolers are. There's this whole new, new wave of homeschoolers are people who don't want homeschool. They don't feel qualified. They might have PhDs uh, from, from like MIT. <laughs> they, but they don't feel that this is what they, they need to do. Or they know they need to do it, but they're not sure that they're qualified to do it. And a lot of parents are single parents, and they can't figure this whole thing out. So our job and the job of, of what I really think the Lord wants is to Okay, let's form a – there are two things that people need. They need, first of all, the knowledge that God wants them to do something, that he's going to bring the people beside them to make them able to do what he's called them to do, which is love your children and bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It's, it's really a critical thing. But you have to get them out of most public schools, if not all public schools, because in this state, Massachusetts, and states around the country, they are requiring teachers, whether they want to or not, to uh, follow a curriculum that gets into things that are totally an attack against the biblical precepts of the Lord. My daughter works for the Heritage Foundation. And she just did a story, because she writes uh, on the Daily Signal for them, um, on a mother who had a seventh-grader girl. And without the mother's knowledge going to the public school, her daughter was being told she could be a boy. And you can't go home. And she had different names at school they would call her that when she came home, uh, she was referred to by her normal name. Let's call her Sally. But at school... She started to take on a different posture with different names, and it was the posture of a boy. She began to think about all that. So her mother somehow discovered that, and she said, this is horrible. And she realized her daughter was upset with her. She took away the the phone from the girl because that's one way that the school had influences over her. And that was a big battle. How can you do this? Don't you know I'm in seventh grade, et cetera, et cetera. And the mother realized, I've got to get her out of the school. And so she did. And then she said, I need to really find someone who can deprogram my own daughter from all the lives she's been told. And that took a year of back and forth and back and forth. There are a lot of parents. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of parents who may find themselves in similar situations at different levels. Homer, how are houses of worship strategic? for homeschooling. I'm thinking about church-based homeschool learning centers. And and that's the key. Where can you have? That's the second piece. Not only do parents want the Lord want parents to do the, something with with their child, but they need a, a place to go. They need a, the second piece, the a really key piece is they need to have support from other parents. There needs to be a co-op, a learning center, a pod where they come together at least once a week. Uh, hybrids are two, two or three times a week. And together, together, not a village. We're talking about parents still being in charge, still being a homeschool parent. But they come together and they share ideas. 
about how to do what they're doing, which is homeschooling. What curriculum do you use? What prayers do you say? Uh, Does your child have a slight handicap or a major handicap? Who do you go see? Who can you talk to? Who can you bring in to liven up your homeschool? Who wants at the church? So going back to your question, Dan, which is a really good question, where do you do that? You have to find a place to do that. And the church oftentimes sits vacant four or five days a week, Monday through Friday, and they have space in that church down the street. Your church, maybe. Maybe somebody else's churches. Or you can go to a local pastor and say, the five of us or ten of us or twenty of us, we'd like to get together once or twice a week here for maybe five hours and go over certain things, the curriculum things, or just uh, certain things about the Bible. We can learn about plants as a whole group of people from different age groups. We can learn about all kinds of things. In some cases, there are a couple people, they, they write curriculum for that little group. And the group can range anywhere from five-year-olds all the way up to teenagers. But at different levels, you can talk about many, many, many things that are fun to learn about in science, in history, etc. And And so those churches can become the home of a learning center that can grow and impact the community. It can be a huge outreach. So the church impacting the community – Homer, as we take a break, uh, there might be somebody listening. And we might spend some time on this. We might come back to it even you know, later on in the show. But someone might be thinking, okay, I, I hear what you're saying about programming and deprogramming and the need for homeschooling. You may have heard this question before. But someone might say, well, hey, if Christians are just getting together with Christians in going outside of the school, isn't that insular? Uh, a, a kind of social insulation that takes away from actually impacting the community. Let's come back to that after our break. You're listening to Homer Allen. He's the co-founder of Homeschool New England. We're talking about churches or places of worship being church-based homeschool learning centers. But I just throw that question in there in case there's someone today who's thinking, well, what about that? Someone else might be thinking, hey, what about evangelism in the rough-and-tumble world? Are we coming away from that? Are we insulating ourselves? That and more. Homer Allen will come back head-to-head with that question when we come back. Stay with us. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team each month, You will receive a letter updating you on some of the -the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live.
You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr. Adam Rondeau and Homer Allen of Homeschool New England have written that the number of children being homeschooled has tripled over the course of the pandemic. Recent studies show that nearly 40% of families with children ages 5 to 17 are considering the homeschooling ranks. We have Homer Allen with us today. You can find out more about Homeschool New England at homeschoolnewengland.org. And if you're tuning in right now, maybe you caught the tail end of that last segment, you can get this program in its entirety. Just go to drdanny.live or subscribe on podcasts like Spotify or Apple, and these programs will come to you on a regular basis. Again, drdanny.live. Homer, how has the pandemic caused a surge in homeschooling? Well, that's a really good question, and I think everybody realizes that everything has changed since the pandemic. What has happened is schools shut down. They literally, in some cases, closed for weeks, months at a time. Parents one week would say, yes, it's okay. Everybody says it's okay to go to school. And then they'd shut the school down and then they'd open it up and then they'd shut it back down. But the big thing that happened is more and more and more families were leaning over the the shoulder of their children and realizing what their children were being taught and saying, my gosh, look at What's in that book? It's literally sexually explicit, too. In some cases, if you were to take that same material and you were to take it to an open hearing, they'd say, please don't read that graphic sexual thing. So you're giving it to seventh graders here in the state of Massachusetts. Why would you not allow it to be read openly in this group of people? The kind of things that were happening that parents didn't know about or were unaware of became very disconcerting. And as a result, parents said, what can I do? And so all of a sudden, we see not only homeschools, but Christian schools that were having trouble. All of a sudden, their, their uh, potential for uh, more and more uh, students, uh, parents started looking at, and Christian schools became full. Homeschools became looking for places to have homeschools. Uh, what does that mean? And so when we started Homeschool New England, we said the first thing we're going to do is help parents uh, with everything that they need to know to be a parent who wants to homeschool their child for free. All of our services are free. Uh, we rely on donations and things like that, but not from the people who are helping. Uh, this is not give to us and then we'll give to you. It's the opposite. We're here to help anybody who wants to. So we deal with the legal aspects. Uh, so how do you homeschool? What are the legal a- responsibilities here in whatever state you're in? Uh, there's an organization, the National Homeschool Legal Defense Fund. Uh, we highly encourage everybody to be part of that, and so on and so forth. But overcoming the psychology of it, you're not in this alone. You have not just us to help you, but we can put you together with other parents that have the same concerns, the same values, the same Christ-centered understanding of their role in the concept, train up a child in the way he should go. You're speaking of a roadmap of sorts. That's needed for getting Christian children out of public schools. So the service services being provided by Homeschool New England. 
Go further. What is that roadmap? Well, the first thing that we found that, that many parents, and thanks for the question, is uh, M, M, how do I go about this? And so we, we recommend we have a sheet that goes through about 10 uh, different points, all of which are pretty simple. There's nothing serious about it. Curriculum, by the way, is the last. Curriculum is easy. We can uh, put you in touch with, recommend all kinds of curriculum. There's a really good curriculums. They're very inexpensive. We're talking less than uh, $1,000 for the whole family, four or five kids. I mean, there are some amazing things. But that's what parents are worried about most. And it's not really the main thing that they should be worried about because that can be provided for exceptionally well. The first thing that we say, are, are you comfortable? Do you know what you need to do as a parent legally? So you, you don't feel that you're going to have uh, the, the local warden or the police or somebody come to your door and say, well, you know, you, you, you pulled your kids out without letting anybody know. So we, we give you the information that's all legal. We put you in charge, uh, in touch with the people who do know that, and they are willing to go to the bat for you legally, and that's the National Legal Homeschool Association. Then the next thing is starting a co-op. So we help you with that, how to do that, how to advertise that. We help look for a place for you to have your co-op. Uh, we talk about the materials, all of this for free. We help get, show you the materials that you could use when you come together. We introduce you to a ton of people who are already doing that. Uh, we have conferences. We have two conferences in uh, February that will help parents, and two more in uh, uh, March, another one in April. Uh, but the idea is you're not alone. There are many, many people that want to come beside you and help you succeed. But what does a single mom do? What does a mom that has to work or the family that has to work? There are a number of things that we get into in that. As long as they can spend some time with their children, there are certain legal boundaries and questions that have to be answered. But it's not as hard as you think, and we help them overcome even that question. It's how can I be a single mom with three kids? And, and homeschool my children. Uh, and the, the long and the short of that answer is we activate the body of Christ. That's really the key here. That's the burden. And so the Lord has shown us over and over and over and over again. It's the body becoming the body of Christ. It's really realizing that it's our communal burden to train up these children working with the parents as the key trainers of the children. So why is that important? Many pastors who I've spoken to have not even asked the question, what can I do to help the families in my own church or in the community? So our job really is just to prick their conscience and say, hey, do you realize what's going on here in Massachusetts, Connecticut, or whatever? And many of them say, well, I don't think that's really happening in my area. And we point to all the data that the teachers have to, have to, by law, as a teacher, go over in second grade, fifth grade, etc. And we say, yes, it is. It is happening because it has to happen because that's the law. So I suggest, and we help walk them through that, but one of the key things that we're having uh, the most trouble with is getting pastors to understand the real um, uh, need to open up their church, even just for a day, 
for a handful of people, maybe 15 or less. And if churches did that all over the state and other states, uh, it could change literally hundreds of thousands of lives in this country in a very short time. So that's a, that's a big thing that we're focused on. Churches engaging, pastors serving churches, homeschooling. Homer, going back to a question I, I brought up earlier, someone may be asking, in view of the way things have turned, we talk about values turning in a way that is contrary to Judeo-Christian values. What if someone's saying, Danny, Homer, what about the Great Commission? Are we taking ourselves out of the rough-and-tumble, quote-unquote, rough-and-tumble world where all this is happening? What about evangelism? What about discipleship? In that kind of context, homeschooling perspective, what would you say, Homer, to someone asking that question? I think that's a really important question. Uh, the quote that you started off with was done by James Dobson. And the quote goes something like this. It's, it's something he said years ago, that we are in a civil war of values. A civil war of values. And to the victor go the spoils, which are our children and our grandchildren. And I would add even the children in the community. And what does that mean? I asked myself, okay, God knows everything. And he knew that he wanted the Jewish people to come to know him in a completely new way. So why did he wait till his own son was 30 years old to turn him into the world? Well, maybe it had something to do with dealing God and man, all God, all man and all human and, and all God. We often think, when I headed Christian schools, this question was asked all the time. And it was asked about second graders, third graders, fifth graders, eighth graders. I want my son to be salt and light in the school. I say, that's so great. Thank you so much. And so you want to send your son. So tell me about his character, what he knows about the Bible. Tell me, how's that witnessing gone for him? How many people has he talked to about the Lord? And the answer is almost nobody, ever. Well, you know, it's, it's in Scripture, there, there are many, many uh, areas where it, it refers to be careful to re- keep your children innocent. Uh, that doesn't mean that they can't play a role in this at the proper time and place. But innocence is what the Lord calls all of us to be. And if we expect our children to remain innocent at the age of five, seven, nine, ten, whatever, we can't expose them to a demonic undergirding and, and pinning that is pulling them back into the world, into a life of, are you really who you say you are? Uh, are you a boy? The sexuality that's being perpetrated on young children at a very young age, you have to ask the additional question. Yes, they can be salt and light, if that's what God called them to be at a very, very young age, and I don't see that in Scripture. But if that happens, you have to evaluate the other side. How is my child able to cope with all the things that are being thrown at him at his age group? And as I'm not saying don't put Christians as teachers. Certainly Christians should be the teachers in those schools. But we're talking about young children. We're talking about young teenagers. 
and we're losing generation of children because parents have made the wrong decision. Homer Allen speaking with passion from his heart, with conviction, of uh, addressing a question I think that needs to be, clearly needs to be addressed. You might be asking that same thing. And certainly the information that Homer is sharing today from Homeschool New England, you can find out more about the services that exist there, the services that are available for you at homeschoolnewengland.org. When we come back from our break, in our final segment, we'll talk about the dynamics of a homeschool co-op or a pod. We'll talk about more guidance for families, parents, who are in a predicament that may be financially constrained and also socially motivated. Again, you can find out more at homeschoolnewengland.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously beneath the barren sky Leave it to me On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Thousands of families want to pull their their children out of public schools, but they don't have the financial ability to place them in a Christian school. Homeschool New England says, so what is the body of Christ to do? We cannot allow young children or teens that, that go to our churches and live in our community to be persuaded to think and do things that contradict the truth of God's Word. You're listening to The Good Life Program. Danny Yamashiro here with Homer Allen. Homer is the co-founder, along with uh, Dr. Adam Rondeau, of Homeschool New England. You can find out more about Homeschool New England at Homeschool. NewEngland.org. Homer, describe the dynamics of a of a homeschool co-op or pod. Well, <laughs> that's the right question, but it's it's funny. It's like tell me about your five children, and you would say, "Well, Johnny, ah, he was always interested in reading, even at a young age." He liked looking at books, and you say, my other child has never picked up a book willingly in his life. <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so you have a diversity of families, obviously. But uh, I'll, the average uh, – I'll start with a, 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 a married couple. 
that have three children, and they realize they want to get their kids out of school. Let's say they have a, a two-year, a second grader, a fourth grader, and a seventh grader, or something like that. And they come to the conclusion, this is what we want to do. And first of all, we would say, let's just talk. And uh, we have several materials that we send you, several people you can talk to, who are exactly in the situation that you're in, only they were there uh, months earlier, years earlier, in some cases a lot longer. We take the initial fear component, and Satan is good at that. He really says, it doesn't really matter what your degrees are. You're not good at this. This is not your character. Uh, you really need to, you know, th- th- you're way off on this. Um, I don't know why you're even thinking like this. And that's the first thing we overcome. We have a series of biblical materials that we can suggest that you spend time praying about, looking over from Scripture. But the key thing is that there's nobody better qualified. And I realize that sounds crazy to a parent who's frightened to death than you are as a parent. God will give you the skills and ability. It's not only about academics. It's about character. It's about training your child. Now, the verse, and I'll just mention this. This is something we bring up initially. Nobody knows your child better than you do. So Chuck Swindoll has a great tape. You might want to look at it on YouTube. It's only an eight-minute tape. It's called – it goes under that heading, train up a child in the way you go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. And Chuck Swindoll uses the term train up a child in the way you should go. Chuck Swindoll says, I've done a deep study into the term way. That way means the bent of your child. What is the unique bent of your child? What are the characteristics of your child? In other words, your child is unique, different than all your other kids, different than other kids anywhere in the country. So what is unique about your child? As parents, we really need to look into that because that's the thing that God in that particular passage is emphasizing. So Tex Wendell says, I had a brother who was really a bore. He got A's in everything. He was good at everything academic. I was much more creative than he was. I had D's and C's and every now and then a B or maybe even an A. <laughs> but he says that to show you he was completely different than his brother. But his dad wanted him to be like his brother academically. But that wasn't who he was, and he talks about that a little bit. Why do I say that? One of the first things we do is we say, let's look at some things so we can identify your children and the things you've already discovered about your children. There's a book that we give every parent uh, called The Bent of Your Child. It's the eight great smarts. It's not that your child might have, that your children have. They have one, two, three of the eight smarts, like music. They could have musical talent. They could be naturally a uh, 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 a, a gifted in my, my uh, like my daughter. She she just loved dressing. She was a great at two years old. She put colors together that were. She knew how to dress really well at two. She would come down to different outfits, but they always seemed to flow with the right color scheme. My other daughter is exactly the opposite. Doesn't she? She, for the, she could give her hours to put an outfit together that would match, and she she just didn't have that particular gift. Well, the eight great smarts, that's one thing. It's a survey. It's a quick survey that we, we allow parents to take. It's a free survey, uh, et cetera. But we get them comfortable 
with the idea that you can do this. Then we surround them with people who will allow them to uh, that, that they can model, that they, they can ask questions of, that live around where they live, uh, et cetera. So overcoming those initial things, and then we get involved, obviously, in what curriculum you might choose. And it might not be the same one for each child in your family. But rather than thinking about how am I going to teach math and how am I going to teach English and all those things that will take forever, we really show them it only takes, for the most part, a couple of hours a day, two, three hours, in some cases four, depending on. But project education can be fun. Uh, we're dealing with the people that have all separate uh, uh, things that can help your child. We have uh, access to uh, uh, several books that we can give parents on how to be a simple but great teacher, how to, how to bring out the great smarts of your own child, etc. But basically it's, it's coming to the conclusion that God created your children to be with you and with other children, of course, in community and sense of that. But you are the parents, so I have already given you the skills to pull this off. Uh, our email, by the way, is the same as our, our name, homeschoolnewengland at gmail.com. It's really simple, homeschoolnewengland at gmail.com. We'll be happy to uh, converse with anybody who is thinking about this. Homer Allen is uh, rolling out the red carpet, inviting you to walk on it and enter in. Communicate with them. Find out more about them, homeschoolnewengland at gmail.com. Go to their website, homeschoolnewengland.org. Homer, before we spend a few moments praying, which I would like to invite you to pray for our listeners, some who may be disturbed, some who may be encouraged, some who may be making a decision, some who may be taking next steps in their life, particularly in the area of homeschooling. How did you and Pat, as parents, how did God shape your hearts as you raised your two daughters? You mentioned them. How did God lead you through, let's say, difficult times? Well, <laughs> people come up to my wife, who was uh, amazing and is amazing. She uh, she really was the main educator of our two children. Our, our kids both had learning disabilities. And my wife was committed. Now, she had uh, she's a great writer, uh, editor. Um, she had a huge job when we got married. And she gave that all up to be a mom. And uh, she made a commitment. I'm going to train these, child, these children. And so our kids with two dis- with abilities, both with disabilities, uh, she would spend endless hours with them, helping them patiently with their work, getting them to read, uh, overcoming that. And we had a tutor that we went to that helped them also learn to read. It was that ongoing, I can, I, I'm here, God's created me to help my kids. And so when our kids graduated from high school, my wife said, I'm not sure the right person is on the stage. I think I should be up there with them. <laughs> but they both went on to do very well in college, uh, and they both are running after the Lord. There's a quote out there that's the key to everything we do. We're not training our children to get into Harvard. We're training them to get into heaven. That's a key quote. It's an important quote. We're not training our children to get into Harvard. We're training our children to get into heaven. 
That should be your underlying focus of your education, of your children. It doesn't mean you can't have great academics. It doesn't mean you can't have smart kids. But if your purpose is just academics, you're missing the focus. So that's what uh, our, our theme in our life has been, my wife and I, as it relates to our kids. And I'd have to say, Lord, thank you, because it succeeded. Would you pray for someone today who's making a decision, who's going through their own challenge, even as parents, going through a difficult time, maybe they've observed something, maybe they're troubled by a situation that a family member is in, a child might be in, or a general prayer as the Lord, the Spirit, leads you. Omar Allen, please. So, Father, we come before you, and you know the hearts and minds of people that are listening now. And we, we thank you, Father, because you know the past and the future. You know their hearts for their own children. And you know the tremendous fear that can be placed in there that you will, you know, you're, you're the God that, that there is no fear when it knows you. That you will, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Give your burden to the Lord. So, Father, I just pray that that mom is thinking about her son or her daughter. says, I can't do this. I just can't do this. That you'll take that burden and you'll show her that, yes, I've created you to do this. It's okay. I'm there with you. The Lord is saying, I'm there with you. You'll introduce them to people that will help them get through this. You'll give them a community of people that they fall in love with. And they'll draw them closer to you. So thank you, Father. I know that you're doing that all over this country, and you're doing that to that one mom, that one dad who's crying out, God, I just need you now. Show me what to do. Open those doors, Lord. Let something jump into their life that they know is from you that says, yes, yes, you can do this. And thank you, Father. Indeed, we thank you, Father. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Timely prayer, Homer, and I'm grateful for you sharing your precious time to be with us today. Thank you very much. It's a joy to be here, Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan, you're an amazing guy. <laughs> Great to be here. Gracious, gracious words from you. Thank you. Homer Allen, you can find out more about him and the work, homeschoolnewengland.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And look, there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps. Find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or major platforms. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from God. The fruit of the womb is his reward. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Homer Allen, homeschoolnewengland.org. Until next time, along with my producer and creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today.
Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.